0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had a chance to talk with Brad and Kyle from Ripcord Brands. These guys are Amazon experts. They manage over 300,000 SKUs. They have over 200,000 product reviews. Uh, They have 5,000 plus products, and they are absolute experts when it comes to everything Amazon. We talk about a few little things that you can do to make your Amazon listing absolutely pop uh, and convert. Um, You guys are going to get so much out of this episode. Uh, Enjoy. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before in the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. you're live. I am here with Kyle and Brad from Ripcord Brands. Welcome to Secrets of Scaling, your e-commerce brand. Hi,
1: hey, Jordan. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's great. I always, I love having the uh, uh, the multiple guests. Um, I feel like I can get like a better idea of, um, you know, the different angles. Cause I feel like every business has, you have to have two different kinds of personalities. Um, I know for, for uh, the couple businesses that I'm a part of, um, I, I could never be organized. I could just never do it. If it was up to me to, to deal with all the minutia, like I would never have businesses.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that very accurately describes our relationship. Brad and I are polar opposites, but together we make each other much stronger.
0: Oh, that's good. That's
1: good. It sounds like a marriage almost, you know? <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, a work marriage, right? I think that's what our partners call it.
0: <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Well, let's, let's get down to it. Tell me a little bit about um, Ripcord Brands, um, who you guys are and what you guys do. Yeah,
2: so Ripcord Brands is a holistic e-commerce brand management partner. So really we focus on taking our partners, whether they exist uh, on their own e-com, they exist in retail stores, um, and really trying to maximize their presence on e-commerce marketplaces. Cool. Um, Primary focus is Amazon, uh, and really what we've found is partners... They have a, either they don't have the expertise in-house or they don't have the focus um, to, to actually maximize their brand's presence on Amazon. And Amazon is, of course, kind of a juggernaut uh, in e-commerce. Yeah. There's people who are, who are completely married to Amazon as a consumer. Um, I'm kind of one of them myself in that I'll, I will change brands uh, based on if it's available on Amazon or totally. not. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so we know that, and and what we what we use kind of that knowledge for is to help our partners understand the importance of Amazon, and understand what they need to do
0: to maintain and ideally grow market share. Cool. Well, let's let's make this practical, guys. Um, what I'd like to hear is like, what do you need? So I've I had an Amazon another Amazon expert on recently, um, and I think I got a lot. Uh, we, we got a lot from him, but I'd love to hear it from your guys' side too, because you guys also have your own brands as well. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. We primarily partner with other people, but we do have a few of our own brands as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always a huge fan of that. Like everybody who's listened to this podcast for any time knows, uh, my wife and I uh, run a baby clothing company. Um, and, uh, and without that, I don't think that we'd be nearly as successful um, for our clients. Um, because anything that we do, we just test on our clothing company. And so sometimes it flops, sometimes it's incredible. And then we roll it out to all of our clients and, and teach people about it. So um, I love the fact that you guys do have, um, you are doing um, what you're doing as well for, for clients. So let's talk about like, where do people start? Um, What kinds of brands make sense to go on Amazon or on, or on marketplaces in general? (laughs) I'm getting smiles here. Well, I I think
1: really almost any brand should have some kind of presence on Amazon. I think it's really dangerous to ignore it in any way, just because it is so omnipresent in people's lives and especially with the way the world is changing. And what we see from a lot of people is when we go in and talk to them kind of about what we do, people are normally sitting there pretty happy with their GMV and revenues coming from Amazon because the numbers are big. And what they're really not realizing is the amount of growth available to them. You know, they treat it, might hire an intern or someone right out of college, and the listings are there, so it's making money and doing well. But we found that that if you really bring the same level of care and attention to detail you would in creating a merchandising opportunity in a retail store to a brand presence, you can really create separation. and. You know, fight off competitors that are trying to start and are really born on Amazon brands that are gaining huge market share that a lot of the big players aren't even fully aware of. Hmm.
0: How do you know? Like, how do you know that there's more that that you're that you're not maxing out your potential on Amazon? Like, are there like tools you can use, or or like how how do you know?
1: I I think that just kind of as a policy, you should always be doing. T- Testing. You constantly need to iterate. You should always assume that you could do a lot better than you're doing and be testing things to either prove that true or false. And that way you're always iterating and trying to improve your presence, conversion, search results, ad performance, and you really wanna constantly grow. So if you're not testing new things all the time, I don't think there's any way that you're constantly growing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. gotcha. Uh, Is there like a specific tool that you'd use to, to do that sort of testing or is that all manual through Amazon?
1: Um, yeah, with us, we tend to really develop a lot of our own solutions in house. So we just like to think about things and brainstorm. I I think brainstorming is one of the best way to move a company forward. If you don't bring any marriage to previous thoughts, like this is the way we've always done it. So this is the way we'll always do it. You got to just be willing to think outside the box and welcome ideas from new people as well. Like some of our best ideas have come from employees that have only been with us a short amount of time. But if you treat everything with an open mind, it's amazing the kind of things you can come up with.
2: Yeah, and I think our strengths are, you know, very much similar to, they're kind of a similar path to what you described, Jordan, in that, you know, we've been doing this for years now. So we have a lot of time and energy spent on different strategies, testing new things. Yeah. I think that's one of the exciting things about growing is that while we feel like our attention and our intensity has been the same throughout, you know, we've we've been hungry this whole time, but yeah we love looking at what we're capable of now in 2020 and comparing that to 2018. And mm. heard, you know, those two years that have elapsed have allowed us to gain a lot of trial and error success and knowledge that it's almost like every new brand that we take on, you know, gets kickstarted. It, it gets an immediate boost from that knowledge. And of totally course that's iterated in our existing brands too. So.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, that's super cool. Do you mind, can you give me an example of like a, a split test that you guys did that was like surprising?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things we've done is really just focus on the attention to detail of every single minor piece of an Amazon listing. So I think a lot of customers are used to going to Amazon and seeing the images and a few basic bullet points. But what yeah. we like to do come in is, is show a potential partner what our ideal listing would look like. And if then if they're okay with that, we'll deploy it. So we'll send our catalog team character by character throughout the entire listing and optimize each piece both for search engine performance for what the customer's looking for. Because again, our message is always recreate that retail experience. If a Mm -hmm. customer walks into a store, they're gonna have questions about the product before they buy it if they're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So you need to anticipate each one of those questions and build all of that information into into the listing as much as possible. And what we found is like early on, we'd predict a five to 10% lift Um, by optimizing the listing, but what we're seeing is exponential growth that doesn't seem to have a ceiling in a lot of cases. If it's a product people want and you continue to iterate and optimize, the growth goes right along with it.
0: Now, are these brands that that you're working with and the ones that you've seen be successful, do they have to be with Fulfillment by Amazon and do they have to be like prime partners? Yeah, so they definitely don't have to be, but we do focus heavily
2: on that. So our strategy, um, really for maximum growth for a partner, is we like to do a hybrid of FBA fulfilled by Amazon and yeah. FBN fulfilled by merchant. Yeah, um, and really what we do, to Kyle's point earlier, our systems are pretty intelligent in that we build them to learn and adapt. So. Our ideal scenario is one where we do as much research as possible, both market research as well as internal partner data that they can share with us to build initial inventory. Let's say this is a partner who has not been on Amazon yet. We're working with them to build that opening inventory. We want to be as smart with our dollars as possible. Um, So that's that opening FBA inventory that we purchased. Well, in the wings there, we also do fulfilled by merchants, so we sync up with our partner utilizing their fulfillment. Uh, and ideally we're offering their entire catalog and we're just doing it in a hybrid way so that every single SKU is purchasable. And then our system looks at that sales rate, both you know actual sales rate as well as predicted sales rate when you take into account days out of stock and other factors. And ideally those FBM fulfilled by merchant items that might take a few days longer to get to an end user, those will sell enough that our system will convert them to an FBA product. Once ah, interesting. We convert that to a SKU that we carry in an Amazon fulfillment center, and it upgrades it to that uh, you know, prime, potentially same day fulfillment depending on yeah. where the customer is.
0: So- where, what, what's the limit of SKUs that a company should have, like to go on Amazon? Like, like for instance, I'm just thinking about this with with our own company. We we turn over about 550 SKUs a season. To me, we tried Amazon once, and we're 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 definitely big, bigger in the in the brand world, right? We have our own customers and stuff. Tried Amazon, didn't work. I know I did it wrong. I 100 percent know I did it wrong. <laughs> but to me, it's just like. Oh my gosh, 550 new SKUs every single season. This is like a whole nother full-time job for somebody. Does 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 there get to be a point where it's just too much?
1: Uh really that's where a partner like us really comes in. You know, I think 550 SKUs turning around that every season for a manufacturer is going to be a challenge, but that's really our specialty. We're in the hundreds of thousands of SKUs already and there are a few tricks that I'd recommend you know knowing that you had a baby clothing company and you are turning around fashion clothing what I'd really focus on is maintaining style numbers from season to season that way all of the advertising and build up on Amazon you do carries over from season to season and you just change the product that's in it so ideally you want to create the product the same way every season and just change the print or the color or how you're presenting the product but that way because you're playing a long game with Amazon all the time. You're never gonna be able to just put a product up, turn it, you have to pay to get people to the listings when yeah. it's a new launch. But if you maintain style numbers or find ways to build your success from season to season, that's a way you can build long-term success on Amazon despite not having long-term SKUs. Interesting. Okay, I did not get that answer last time I asked.
0: This is why I keep having Amazon people on to, to teach me. I, I joke around and I heard this from uh, Donald Miller um, who runs StoryBrand, um, that he has his podcast just to get free consulting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, well, it's, that's always the benefit of talking with you know, people that really care about what they do. It's, there's always the opportunity to learn something that changes the way you do business forever. That's why we love speaking with people.
0: It's, it's great. I've, we've been on a, a bit of an acquisition uh, hunt right now with our clothing company. And uh, so I put it on a fairly wide net and I'm having these incredible conversations with people, no acquisitions yet, but like these incredible brand partners now that we're going to be doing stuff with. And it's, uh, it's incredible. Like if I could make one recommendation is just have have every conversation you can with people, right? People are out there for the most part to like help each other. Right. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, we definitely agree. And and I think that, You know, as you become an expert in an area, you realize that, you know, that base information that you might be sharing with someone, you know, secret sauce is kind of hard to come by. You know, oftentimes it's, it's the actual execution that's inside of that secret sauce that makes a company successful or not. So having those conversations can be really rewarding to both. And, you know, there are many of times where it, it can be fairly low risk, it can be a lot of benefit that you can get from that potential it could be a potential partnership. And you know, so much of our uh, long term success, we attribute to, you know, how we execute that information on a daily, hourly, you know, minute by minute basis. So yeah. we're happy to share that information, and have those conversations, because Often, for prospective partners, to them, they think, well, these guys live it. They live it. They know what they're talking about. Um, you know, it would take us thousands of hours to get to that yeah. point. Let's yeah. work with them. Let's work with them and let's get better together.
0: Totally. And as sometimes as that subject matter expert, you kind of forget all of those thousands of hours that you've put into learning things that to you seem super elementary, right? Um, like I know when I asked a question before, I was being a little bit cheeky, but like you guys just smiled because it's like such a like simple question. But I think to our audience, it may not even like we just were such subject matter experts that you forget that there is all of this time you've put into to learning and I mean for you guys, three hundred thousand plus SKUs, that's crazy. You must have laughed when I said five hundred and fifty. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Right? Like, it's...
2: (laughs) (laughs) We definitely, we feel really fortunate. Um, You know, we come from a background in parts of our other business with uniforms and uniform, yeah, yeah, yeah particularly skew intensive. Um, so we kind of feel like we were born in the fire. And when we moved to to help partners with lower skew counts, um, it it's a very natural, easy process for us because we kind of grew up and we grew into who we are today with just massive uh, color variations, size variations. And we had to build systems that could handle massive variability in spite of a single parent skew.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, If somebody was just starting out on Amazon or if you could go back to, you know, a few years ago, what what would you tell yourself? Or what would you tell them? Like what, where's the first place to start and and what sort of pitfalls to avoid?
1: Uh, My main advice to someone just starting out is if you haven't been on Amazon at all, really think it through and, speak to people before putting information up because Amazon's a living database. That's what makes it different than a lot of your individual e-commerce sites where you really have the freedom to change the information however you want. Once information's uploaded to Amazon, like if a less knowledgeable partner sets up your listings, that information will live there forever and is kind of like a specter or a phantom that can always pop back up if you're not... extra diligent about how you set it up. So be extremely careful in the setting up of the listings and then make sure you advertise. That is definitely what you have to do on Amazon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer just throw a listing up and people flock to it, right?
2: Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely build your budget. Know, you know, that you're going to have to accommodate a percentage of your sales. You know, you're going to have to allocate that towards advertising or else you're never going to be able to climb to that to that front page. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Is there a is there a good percentage that people should think about when doing Amazon PPC? Like what's what's that like 10%, 20%?
2: You know, I think I think it really does depend on the brand and the category. We we represent such different products from from again apparel, uniforms to Uh, dog treats to exercise equipment, and one thing that we've found uh, in all these partnerships is how dramatically different pricing structures can be Mm. um, and how dramatically different uh, profit margins can be, Um, so I don't know. It's challenging for me to think
1: about. Yeah, that's a a tough question. Yeah. The the more robust a category, the more of a percentage you need to put in advertising.
0: Yeah. And it, and it makes sense, like with, with traditional Google PPC and Facebook and wherever it's all an auction, right? Like Mm -hmm. where, wherever you are, if it's a popular place, then you're going to have to pay more.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Without a doubt.
0: Yeah. Um, now here's one thing, kind of going off the cuff a little bit, not like I haven't been the whole time, but, uh, um, do you recommend, so, so let's say that you're an established brand and you're like, oh man, we got to get on Amazon. Like I listen to these guys on Secrets to Scaling and we got to get on Amazon. Can you charge more on, on Amazon? Like, like, would you recommend like setting a higher price, setting the same price, setting a lower price? Like how, how price sensitive are people on Amazon?
2: It's a great question. I mean, I think that that gets back to that, that concept of people being brand agnostic based on if a brand is present or not on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have found that uh, in order to accommodate relationships where um, we wanna make sure that our brand partner is successful in other channels, including brick, brick and mortar retail. Yeah. so um, there are circumstances where we absolutely recommend uh, a higher price on Amazon. And we felt like that allowed for a successful, um, holistic business and a holistic brand for them. Yeah. And yeah, the, the reason that is is really able to be successful the reason that works is that there are people who value the convenience of Amazon so greatly mm. that they're willing to pay this this you know small amount more than if they were to hop in their car and go to a store or even you know as as lazy as this sounds the idea of creating one more login Well now I have to create one more user. I have to create one more password. They always tell me don't make it the same password. So now I've got to do that. (laughs) And then I gotta remember
0: that password. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And it seems trivial, but it's one more hurdle that a lot of people they don't want to jump over anymore. Yeah. Wanna be able to find it on Amazon. And so if you're able to, you know, list it there, but because of some of the higher costs associated with selling on Amazon you feel like you need to price it a little bit higher. We have seen that have success both on Amazon and for the brand holistically. Cool.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think think historically Amazon customers were the, the cost conscious customer, but I think that's changing over time. Really the reliability and knowing you can return the product no matter what and the quick delivery, especially in these uncertain times, is worth an extra dollar or two to customers in a lot of circumstances.
0: I feel like people would look at that Amazon listing and be like, they, "Like it's got all of Amazon's trust built right into it, right? Yeah. Rather than like, you know, like if it's Prime, you're going to get it within that day or in, up in Canada here, it's usually within two days. But um, but yeah, like that that to me is like a huge deal.
1: Yeah, yeah not worrying about returns is huge. Yeah.
2: Definitely. And And people pay for convenience throughout their lives in many different forms. That's so awesome. the idea that people would pay for... The convenience of accessing everything they want to buy in one place, it's really not surprising that people are willing to do that, you know, so long as it provides that convenience or that security in their life. Awesome guys.
0: Hey, um, I'm going to ask you the question I have to ask every single guest or guests. Uh, What is your secret to scaling?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I think for us, our secret to scaling has been people, Um, Mm. you know, we have we have grown pretty dramatically over the last few years, um, and we were actually talking about this earlier today. You know, in today's world, we we really do we always recommend an always on advertising strategy. Um, you know, Amazon is a place where that makes a lot of sense. Well, we kind of have the same philosophy to hiring. We we have an always on hiring strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to make sure that if somebody comes to us and is looking for a position and and we like what we see, we think they have a compatible background, we'll find something that will work for that person. Um, and that's been proven over and over again to us. Um, Ripcord Brands is started in 2016, so we're just about four years old, and so much of our success year over year is because we bring in new key people that yeah. literally change the business, um, whether that's because they come with expertise or a background that allows us to kind of bolt on more expertise and allows us to learn or it might just be somebody who is fresh out of college and the way they think is just different than us yeah 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 yeah. totally go down new roads and explore new things so i mean for us i think it, it has to be it has to be our people
0: yeah yeah cool that's a great that's a great answer kyle you you into that too
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I really kind of the main thing I want to focus on is, Brad and I are really passionate about what we do and we try and infuse that in everyone. So what we really look for in people is hiring people that have ownership over what they do, because if people truly care and are passionate about what they do, you can feel that in every piece of their work. So you can feel the labor of love in the e-commerce listing. You can feel it in the turnover, in the reports. And it's really just about partnership and building long-term relationships, both you know, inside our own company, as well as with our partners. Yeah. Our
2: our success as a business is dependent on those people. That Kyle described to every partner that we work with, because we don't want new partners to feel that level of ownership from us or, you know, member of the sales team, and then not feel it from the person they're working with on a day day. Oh, like big disconnect between, yeah yeah, yeah that, that handoff if you fumble that handoff you know you really can ruin relationships and i, I think mm-hmm. that for us maybe the concept of a handoff really isn't even appropriate because we try to stay so involved with with every relationship in some capacity but what it comes down to is the person who handles that day-to-day or who has the most interaction with that brand partner of ours they need to be fully bought in their ownership level needs to be as high as ours and and that's why we've been successful up to that this point, and that's why our primary mode of growth has been referrals. Mm. Um, you know, every successful client that we work with, you know, they they see us as a solution, as a that basically allowed them to grow significantly without this huge investment of time, energy, resources on their side. So they want to go tell other people about. Yeah you know, us as a solution and it, it trickles, it's all the way down to that foundational, every employee level. We wouldn't have that level of success in referrals and business growth if we didn't have that ownership infused in every position.
0: Yeah. Awesome guys. Um, well, we're gonna move on to our lightning round here. Um, if you're ready for it.
1: Always ready, love lightning rounds. <laughs>
0: Uh, favorite tool or app that you're using right now
1: uh, for me it's definitely google Hangouts. so kind of like we said our, our culture was always super important and then when everyone really shifted remote uh, during the pandemic i really wanted to figure out a way to stay connected with everyone because i feel like all of the people we work with make us stronger and i live in google hangouts talking to all the different team members whether it's pushing a new initiative forward or just engaging with them and you know revving each other up, psyching each yeah. other up. It's just invaluable to me.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, I think for me, it's we use uh, teamwork.com is our project management solution. Oh, okay. Teamwork.com. Yeah. Yeah, And the reason I like it is I feel like it's extremely adaptable um, yeah. in that I feel like a specific team can use it in a different way than another and both yeah. can find success with it. Or even an individual can use it as a dynamic task list, cool, um, and, and it can allow. I, I love that flexibility that you get a tool that can help somebody if they're working mostly by themselves. Um, it can be valuable to them, or it can also be valuable to a team that needs to communicate and needs to collaborate. Um, yeah, I love something that can uh, can show its value in kind of both of those arenas.
0: Cool. Uh, favorite podcast?
1: Uh, heart. Hardcore history for me, Dan Carlin. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm just obsessed with history in general. I love telling Brad innate, inane facts from history. I just love it. (laughs) That's absolutely true. The Wikipedia links
2: that I get just (laughs) completely unsolicited sometimes during the day are pretty fantastic. Um, The the podcast I've been listening to more of lately is called uh, Lexicon Valley. Um, Oh. And it is a professor, a linguistics professor from Columbia. Yeah. John McWhorter. And so his focus is uh, Creole, pigeons, and just language in general. Um, Oh, cool. Kind of coming from a a background, a communications background. um, It's fun to listen to people who are much smarter than you uh talk about language because yeah uh,
0: I always loving I always sorry <laughs> loving <laughs> I always love uh talking to and listening to people that are smarter than me I'm like this is this is so much better than than me trying to impart stuff to other people I'm getting so much more out of this it's <laughs> great Uh is there a certain founder that either one of you guys look up to
1: Um, I think we both think a lot of just Toyota in general. Brad and I both kind of have an interest in Japanese culture and we talk a ton about kind of the Toyota way and the way they like to approach processes and ways of thinking, which yep. I do think is really important. So I'd say that's one that I know we've both mutually spoken about appreciating.
2: Yeah. Well I th- I think that they have a they have kind of outcomes that every person, regardless of your industry or interests, can look up to. Yeah. It's a global brand that really dominates auto sales across the world, um, which is really fascinating. And they do it because of really what goes back to philosophy and way of doing business mm. you know, all the way down to, again, you know, it goes from CEO down and I yeah. think that, Uh, the way they do business, the way that they try to teach people how to think. um, It's definitely admirable. Um, And it's something that, like Kyle said, we we both were fortunate enough to live in Japan. So I think we both have kind of an innate interest in the culture in general. Mm. Um, But uh, they have a lot of qualities that I think any company would aspire to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, and this isn't a huge knock against America, but, uh, I feel like during this time, we're all looking for cultures to look up to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, that that's one of the best parts about being fortunate enough to travel is, um, what I've found in really my own life is it's net positive almost all the way around. So being able to travel to South America, Central America, Asia, yeah. Europe, um, I've found that those experiences are almost always additive and positive, both for the cultures that you visit, the things that you want to augment into your life, but they've also tended to give me a greater level of appreciation for what I see as, you know, successful here in America. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's a it's a great thing to be able to look to other cultures and that's absolutely one of the things that's a benefit of our interconnected world now is we get to form friendships and learn from people who
0: are you know in some ways pretty different than us Hmm. guys absolute pleasure having you on the podcast um i'm so glad that we had this interview uh really appreciate your time where can people find out more about you guys
2: uh, yeah. So if you go to ripcordbrands.com is our website. Um, there you can get in touch with us. You can uh, read a little bit about what our our passion is and what we focus on, the services that we offer. Um, you can find us on pretty much any social channel as well. Ripcord yeah. Brand. Whether that's LinkedIn, Facebook, um, we're present in, in lots of those places. We have a we have a great marketing team who puts together. Um, lots of different content marketing that we find interesting, um, and we hope that our our brand partners and prospective partners do too.
0: Yeah, if it was anything like this this podcast, I'm I'm going to follow along. <laughs> please, please do. Awesome, thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan.